The following opinions expressed within the content are solely the speakers and do not reflect the opinions and beliefs of Child Free Media Limited or its affiliates. Hello and welcome to TWIC. I'm Cody. I'll be one of your co-hosts today. And I'm Lenora. I'll be your other co-host today. TWIC stands for This Week in Child Free, and we basically talk about any recent articles, events, and happenings in and around the child-free community. If you'd like to submit uh, something you see for a future episode of TWIC, send us an email to childfreemedia at gmail.com and put TWIC, T-W-I-C, in the subject line, and we will take a look, and hopefully that article will make it into a future episode. But before we start, a quick shout out to StreamYard for providing this streaming platform for us to enjoy and share this episode with, and to Child Free Wealth, financial planning that supports your life without kids. For more information, please visit childfreewealth.com. And so with that said, uh, as of right now, we are live. We will archive this in the future, and it won't be live, but you can still make comments in the the comment area and ask us questions and give your thoughts on the articles we're going to talk about. Uh, so feel free to join us there. So with that being said, let's pull up our first article. This was actually sent in to us to take a look at. It's, it's not really child-free, but it's like child-free rel- associated because a lot yes, of child-free people have pets. Um, and so this is on, uh, this is in Mother Jones, uh, motherjones.com. And the heading is dog culture must end. See, I might uh, like this as a pet-free, child-free person. This <laughs> is right up my alley. So, yeah, okay. I think, it, although I haven't read it, so I don't know. I'm yeah, I don't know. I don't know either. It, it says uh, what I mean when I say I hate dogs. Uh, oh, and the person okay. in, in the comments, well, in the, the note they sent to us, they said um, after they read the article, they read it again, and it, it replaced the word dog with child or children. And it's like, well, it kind of... It's like almost the same thing for them. I, I don't know what their, their stance is, uh, but let's find out. Uh, Abigail uh, Weinberg wrote this article. Uh, basically, it, it starts out with, uh, when I say that I hate dogs, I don't mean that I hate your dog. I mean that I dislike ill-behaved. Get that off the screen. Uh, I hate ill-behaved dogs. I mean that I'm actually a little bit scared of them and they can sense my nervousness. And so we tend to not get along. I could see where they could put child into this for a lot of people, and it, mm-hmm. it, it could make sense for them. Children um, bite too. <laughs> uh, I have see, a story I need to share about dogs, not children biting, dog biting, part way or at some point during this article. Don't uh, let me interrupt, interrupt whenever you want to. That's fine. Okay. Um, and then it goes on to say, I mean that I hate dog culture, the relentless prioritization of dogs over the needs of humans, and the suggestion that anyone who doesn't want their face licked by some oversized mutt is a monster. I That, that would be me. <laughs> Especially before I'm about, like, I've just done my makeup or something. No thanks. Uh, it, says, it says, this issue of our social permissiveness towards dangerous dogs recently came up at work during the tenure Oh, during his wait, came up at work. I guess I guess they worked at the White House during his tenure. President Joe Biden has brought two violent dogs into the White House, where thousands of people go to work every day. Last month, a conservative watchdog group released records showing that uh, Biden's German Shepherd commander, the dog's name, attacked Secret Service members ten times between October 22 and January. 
Um, and in 2021, uh, Major, Biden's other German shepherd, was exiled to Delaware after his own biting spree. Okay. Wow. Uh, let's see. Let I'm wondering scroll. if our Prime Minister of Canada has dogs. I don't know. They don't. If they do, they don't make the news. Some kind of some kind of pet. Uh, let's see. His hair about counts the president. as a pet, I think. So that works. I'm gonna skip past his president stuff in the White House dogs. I, I don't know if that's the tangent this is going on. <laughs> uh, but I, 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 I thought they were talking about the culture of like dogs going like on airplanes and in the breweries right. and, and whatever. Okay. I thought that's where it was gonna go. Let's see if it picks up somewhere. Um, it says some will read this and pretend they don't know what I'm talking about. Come on, you've experienced dogs' indiscretions. You've stepped on their poo in the street and it's not their fault behind every misbehaving dog is a human victim of dog culture an individual whose mind is too warped by dog love to consider the well-being of their fellow humans or the dog itself in a world of doggy daycare dog parades and dog spas you can really blame uh you can you really blame some people for starting to believe that their dogs are a little bit better than the rest of us? Can I just shout out because I just realized our friend Jen is in the audience. <laughs> <laughs> Jen, she's, I didn't tell her that we were going to be talking about this article. So hi, Jen. And just don't don't leave. OK, you've, you've come into a bit of a minefield. I can't wait to hear your comments. OK, Cody, keep going. Uh, let's see. It says, uh, I think this is the last notes for paragraphs. It says, some of us act like dogs rule the world. Often when I'm out with a friend strolling down the street or sitting down at a restaurant, a dog walks by and the friend interrupts our conversation to freak out about the dog. They might <laughs> exclaim, what a cute dog it is, or go up to the owner asking to pet it, initiating uh, a pro uh, protracted, protracted conversation about the animal's age, sex, weight, breed, temperament, and grooming requirements. Uh, what I want to say to my friend, but never managed to spit out is, have you never seen a effing dog before? Calm down. Why are you so excited? It's a dog. Okay, let's pause for a second because I am getting texts from Jen on my phone right now as we're reading this out. <laughs> Jen, there's Jen, a comment should... section. Jump in there. <laughs> Jen, put it in the comment section because she's like, she's like triggered and she's, she's, she's like, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to bleep out some of the words she used, but she's like, talk to the paw. Um, okay, so pausing. Wow. Pausing, pausing for a second i am sorry that's how i meant <laughs> i meant to say that but i realize that's that's a great pun okay so you and your wife dog sit dog walk pet yeah, a lot you know yeah, they we... do all sorts of things i am yeah. pet free everyone knows that i'm pet free no interest in having a pet um uh, don't hate dogs but like for me this is this kind of conversation is is awesome because i mean it, it's more about i'm not interested in pet the pet ownership lifestyle now you you have had a pet. You mm -hmm. look after other people's pets. Mm -hmm. Do you? What's your take on this perspective? Like, do you get it? Like the just. Yeah, I I, I can see both sides of it. Um, having you know uh, owned a owned quote unquote or whatever been the guardian of a number of pair uh, of pets, um, dogs, cats, uh, ferret, uh, other pig? other animals. Yeah, you yeah. had a pig. No, no, we, we've, we've watched, watched we've watched, watched pigs, pigs for other people. Yeah, like a right. two hundred pound pig. Um, I, I yeah, it, it, it all kind of ties into the some of the articles that we see. It's like you know where pets are replacing children for some mm -hmm. people, and um, you know it's like it, are are they should they have kids if they're this hardcore about their dog? Are they just 
overcompensating, whatever the conversation of the article might want to lean into. Um, I mean, yeah, some people love dogs definitely over the last 10, 15 years, you do see a lot more, um, four-legged, uh, friend activity out in society. You know, I mean, even going to like, you know, a big box retail store, pick, pick any of them. Someone's probably going to be coming in there with, um, a dog or like mm -hmm. a, a parakeet on their shoulder. Like who knows, like whatever, whatever passes as a, an emotional support animal these days, um, they pretty much want to bring with them. So right. yeah, I can see how that, that could be, um, off-putting to some people who aren't like over excited to see, um, pets, yeah. uh, dogs, and may even be afraid of the animal as well, which you, you, know, you do have to give some respect to as well. Some people are terrified of dogs. Yeah. So I mean, I, if, someone, you know, if someone walked in with, you know, uh, a eight foot, you know, boa constrictor around their neck, would some people run from that? Probably. Uh, yes. I mean, look, I'm afraid of butterflies and moths and dragonflies. So, you know, I'm not afraid of dogs, <laughs> but I do want to talk about my dog biting story. And also for people wondering why we're talking about, uh, a pet article again, because I, I, I think, was it 2022? We talked, we had a child free with pets panel for the convention. Yeah. And that was really, I'm going to say interesting, not necessarily for me, because it was the last panel of the I mean, it was a great panel. Don't get me wrong. The subject is not my thing. And it was the last panel of a very long weekend. Um, but it was, we had some very dedicated pet parents. And again, there's, there's, there are people that go, why, why get so big into pets? It's no different than having kids, which is not true, but you kind of, as a pet free person within the child free community, you kind of are, I feel like we're in the minority, especially if we're adamantly pet free, like we we're just not interested. Like there are, <laughs> there are pet less, meaning they're currently without a pet, but they want one. And then they're pet free of like no pets at all. And Jen is going, is having fun in our comment section. <laughs> uh, Jen is very much a pet dog mom. Is she going to yell at me for saying that? But what, oh yeah, she said my money, my choice. I had to call that one out because I thought that was funny. <laughs> um, all right. So I wanted to talk about my uh, being bit by a dog while I was on my walk. This was, I told you about this. When was this? April? It's, Something yeah, like that. It was spring. Back, yeah. It was spring and the bruise and the bite. I still, I still have two bite marks on my upper thigh. Um, it didn't break. It did. Well, it broke the skin a tiny bit, but I didn't bleed, but I still have the two bite marks and the bruising is gone. So this is now what are we? The end of September currently as we're talking. So this happened in spring and I was out for a walk and it was a Sunday or something and I was wearing a long dress and, you know, a couple was walking towards me on the path, on the trail and, uh, the dog lunged and I moved, but not far away enough. And they didn't rein it in enough and grabbed my thigh and then I basically yank my dress up to my waist to see what was going on because I, they're like, are you okay? I'm like, I don't know. So I stopped and I could feel like I felt pain. And like I said, I saw two, some like a bite marks. There was three cause I still have two of them, but no blood. And so put my dress back down and they could tell I was not happy. <laughs> and then I kept on walking. And I said, like, I don't know if I'm going to be okay, but I don't see anything that's like, requiring me to call 911. So I kept on walking and then didn't go that route for a good month. 
<laughs> because I was not happy. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, I mean, I, if anything more had happened with that, I would have done something about it because for me, and you know, this dog was on a leash, but they were very, I don't know. I don't know. I I've never owned a pet. Like I've had pets as like, do, like do when you know I was the breed kid, of but, the dog? What kind of dog was it? I, see, this is the thing. And I think this is my point. I don't pay attention to dogs. I could not tell you like, Thanks to Jen and her chihuahuas, and she's constantly sending me photos of those. I know what a chihuahua looks like. I know what a Sheltie, I could identify a Sheltie because I love Shelties, but I could not tell you anything else, right? So it it wasn't, it wasn't a pug, like I could kind of, <laughs> like, you know, but I couldn't. And that's the thing. I generally don't notice people's dogs. I will mm. notice their shoes and their clothes and their makeup and their hair, but because I don't care, like I don't care. I'm very indifferent to pets like tattoos. You could have a thousand tattoos and I probably won't see them because I'm indifferent to it. Right. So mm -hmm. I am, I am an indifferent person when it like indifferent when it comes to animals, I can, you know, like there are several friends who send me sparingly photos of their pets and I grow to appreciate them, you know? So that's the other thing I was like, I, I couldn't, I couldn't tell you, but, but for me, I'm like, look, uh, be responsible. And then there are people that are obsessive with their stuff, but whatever. I mean, uh -huh. I'm obsessive with either the child for conversation or shoes or wigs. Actually, I've started to wear them in my day to day life now, and I'm I, it's so much fun. So if, and you gold someone, shoes. If, you, if you saw someone walking down the street and they had like a crazy, like amazing wig on, oh yeah, no, see, you'd probably I be like, "Where that. did you get that wig?" Totally. That, yeah. But when it comes to their dogs, like or yeah, if it comes to babies, like I've, I've carried on a conversation with a woman for a good ten minutes, did not even notice she was holding an infant. <laughs> Seriously, I mean, it's because the infant was quiet. Didn't even, didn't even think. And I forget that there's a leg. So if you're watching this, see we're we're probably like 30 seconds ahead of the comments. So Jen's just saying, well, not cool. Yes, Jen, it was on a leash. Child free sister, it was on a leash. Okay, anyway, let's keep going with this article. Well, no, we've now been talking about it for 300 Well, just hours, to touch okay. on some of your points, just real quick, like uh, in the child free community, it can seem like, you know, the child free spaces are just overrun with people posting pictures of their pets. Um, and it's because, you know, they're, they're vocal about it. They're proud of it. And uh, for lack of a better term, people can dogpile on the comments and then they start sharing pictures of their pets and right. so forth and so on. Yeah. And so I, that's a, a good question. If anyone wants to delve into that, what what is the st statistic of child free people owning uh, again, owning having pets, basically? And, uh, and also, I'm kind of wondering, sorry, I kind of, I'm kind of wondering yeah. if if why the conversation is so big in the within the child free community, trying to keep it child free centric here. Is because you know how you know people go, oh, do you have kids? And that's kind of their way to bond with people. Uh -huh. I'm wondering if if within the child free spaces, people, it's kind of like an easy way to introduce yourself or connect with someone aside from the child free, you know, that that factor. Uh -huh. It's like taking it one step further by let's share pet photos if that's the way. I don't know. I, I never thought about it till now. Yeah, and, um, and it might be a way to maybe engage in that conversation with someone who is a parent if they happen to have a pet as well. And you're like, well, tell me about your pet instead yeah. of the, but the even kid. in the child-free, like child-free to child-free, like, yeah. you know, it's kind of a way to develop a further bond by just something that you have in common. Do you have a pet? Yeah, yeah oh, so do I. And then yeah. there we go, right? Yeah, yeah. It, it also, in like the child-free groups, you know, when, when people want to basically flex on any purchases or trips or things right. that they make, it can make the feeds – 
in the communities look like everybody just got like sure. travel time built up and they're going to whatever on a cruise or they're going to Bali or whatever it is. Yeah. Uh, everyone's going to Burning Man. Like it, it can seem that way because it's what the popular topic is at that moment. And right. it, it's one of those things where, um, you know, it's for, for a lot of people, it's easier to maybe share their uh, success stories in a child free group because they can't do it in their own personal page yeah. so they kind of offload everything there um and then you know as far as pets go like people who don't have pets like they wouldn't have anything to contribute like if you wanted to put something in a group about not having a pet i mean there's really no i don't know what you would say like uh, it's like today I, today i still don't have a dog the end saying, well, you know i mean this really is like <laughs> wow there's my life right there i still don't have a pet <laughs> Here's my latest wig or whatever. Mm. But you know, what's interesting though is because you know how child-free, specifically child-free content creators get a lot of flack from the outside world for talking about the, something they don't have and how yeah. it does not make sense to a lot of people. I, when it comes to the, within the child-free spaces and when it comes to having pets or not having pets, like I don't, I don't introduce myself as a pet free person and I don't mm -hmm. create content. I mean, sometimes I do and I acknowledge and I hear, Oh, it's nice to meet another pet free person. Mm. But it, in that way, in that regard, I could see it would be kind of weird if, if we were, I don't know if there's pet free child free groups, but I think that there, would be, there, I'm sure there are. that would I mean, be a little yeah. bit because all I can see is people going, just talking about how annoying it is to be in a group of people who only talk about their pets but the for pets, me yeah. that's kind of where i draw the line of, of i mean not not for anyone else i wouldn't tell anyone else what to do but well the, there's exceptions to that rule but um i wouldn't I, I i would find it weird if someone was constantly talking about not having pets maybe that's hypocritical because people view talking about being child free as a weird thing however there's not the stigma of not having a pet as there is towards having kid not having kids and your rights aren't being taken away in the pet thing. So it's not like, I, it's really not yeah. even a comparison. I just, you know, um, and there was something else I was going to say that, but I want to see what else this article says about, sure. uh, let's see if, if this goes anywhere, I don't think this has, it has anything child-free related in it, but it doesn't know. This is totally about, it's the, just the, about the, dogs. the dog, dog culture. Um, it goes on to say sponsored by Michael Vick. <laughs> oh, uh, that's the oh, pet no. haters group. Sorry. No, that's, that's our comment section. Pardon ah, me. Okay. And they, okay. Uh, it goes on to say, I think if I were a dog owner that I would be annoyed by people stopping me every two blocks to fawn over my pet. I'm going to go ahead and say uh, no. Like, like dog owners like love when people stop yeah. and ask about their pets. They love Well, I, I would, I can't say for everybody. I would say like 99%. I'm not going to give it a hundred percent, but I would say most anybody that's walking their dog, would not mind if you paid attention to the dog or waved at the dog or they may not want to pet the dog, but not every dog is suitable to be approached. It might be on, it might be training for special purposes. It could be a, it could actually be a service animal. So yeah, you shouldn't just run up and pet a dog, but generally if it's someone walking Fido down the street and you're like, Oh, can I say hi to your dog? More than likely they're going to let you do it. Um, it says, but, uh, I'm not a dog owner and I'm unable to comprehend the sense of superiority and entitlement that governs their day to day. Imagine going through a life with a rambunctious dog and insisting that every stranger she attacks that she's really sweet. Uh, imagine dragging your dog into restaurants with a fake 
service animal in quotation vest, <laughs> uh, thereby making it hard for people who actually do need service animals to prove that they're not just pets. And I, I know that is a big issue in the actual service animal community. Um, I, in uh, one of my previous lives uh, as a business owner, like, yeah, I, I had to make sure that animals that came into the establishment um, were like actually service animals. And it's pretty right. easy to tell you can't discriminate and you can't ask uh, certain mm -hmm. questions, but you can ask what service the animal has been trained to provide. Like that's, okay. that's a legal, unless it, unless it's oh. changed, you can, you can't legally ask that. And like one of the responses I got is like, well, this is like that my daughter just wants to have her dog with her. I'm like, well, then the dog can't come. That's not a service right. animal. It can cause a distraction. It could cause all kinds yeah. of other issues. It could distract another service dog. So it's like, that's right. why you can't bring non-service dogs yeah. around service dog, whatever. So, so a, child, child free sister does not agree with anything that the author of this article <laughs> is saying. Just to, just for those who are listening in podcast form. All right. Duly noted. Okay. All right, well, let's go into the next uh, topic. Okay, here. which has actually been sent to us by Child Free Sister. So here we go. I told her we were going right. to talk about this article, which I haven't. So read this one yet, is uh, from whattoexpect.com to give you an idea. And it says, is that the title? Okay, here we go. The title is As a Mom, I Still Need My Child Free Friends as My Anchor. Ooh, no, that's by, uh, that's strongly worded as your anchor. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I'm this is by uh, Nina. Nina uh, Weirman. 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 Yeah. Let's, let's go with that. Um, it says, sure. Babies change our relationship with our child free friends, but that doesn't mean that we need them any less. And thank you, Nina, for using child free correctly. Yes. Uh, no spaces, correctly. no dashes. Yeah. I, I and not saying childless, that. not that we have anything. Yes. Childless, yeah. but childless and child free are two different things. Keep, keep the articles consistent. Um, yes. okay. So it says, I'm not the same person I was before having kids. Uh, but she is still a part of me buried somewhere deep under snack time, stained leggings, and a messy bun. A messy bun? Look, child-free people can have snack time, stained leggings, and a messy that's, bun too. Just, just that's true. putting that out um, there. That's why my child-free friends are so important to me now as a mom. They act as my tether to who I once was and help me remember uh, I am a whole person outside of my kids. Let's just pause there for a second. And, I mean, that, yeah, we've kind of had that conversation before of mm -hmm. how uh, parents and child for people there, there should be like an allyship there in some degree. Sure. So it, it, you know, the, this article right there in the first paragraph, just kind of says it, it's like, you know, the, this is kind of who you were. It doesn't mean that's who you're always going to be, but mm -hmm. you know, it, to kind of have people there to to let you adult basically get some adult time and right to hang out with child free friends like you're i can only imagine you're inundated with the kid like all the time so to mm -hmm. get that break and to hang out with someone is have not have another person talk about their kids and then it becomes like what we I've witnessed is like basically a competition of whose kid is doing the most of whatever the topic is at the time. Right. Um, right. So I can, I can see that. What do you think? Well, it, it, again, brings me back to this last year's convention where we had two parents, we had a, a live panel with Des and who was very forthcoming in her experience. And then also during the halftime show, we had uh, Teresa who has a podcast and she at 48 had her first child who's now one years old. And she, and, and our topic of that conversation was, you know, navigating friendships when one has a child mm -hmm. and 
you know, it was really enlightening how, you know, from her perspective, you know, energy wise, time wise, you know, she's like, there is definitely a shift in, in the friendships as, you know, because she's spent, she always wanted kids, but didn't have her first till 48 for a variety of reasons. So she's largely been without children. And she, um, so just that shift, she's, she was really open with that, but also to, uh, the importance for her to maintain friendships with those that didn't have kids and how they, they are still important, you know, and that was, that was really good. Like, I, I liked her at like her realistic approach to it, you know, yeah. and yeah, I yeah, think yeah. I, I got, I have found, and I've said this before, there, there have been times where I realized the older the child gets, that's when I notice the distance starts because when they're very young, they're basically, you know, they're stationary. So, you know, you're yeah. not driving them to 500 million events. So um, yeah, it's a, uh, it's a good topic. And another constant topic within the community about, that mourning period when you find out a close friend or family member is having is is pregnant and or expecting and then you're like okay well it's been nice knowing you that's like the first feeling for a lot that a lot of us feel you know whether mm -hmm. that pans out that way or not different as another story but you know i don't like this is this is a topic i think that that definitely needs to be talked about more in a mainstream way and i think I think this is a one of the few ways in <laughs> that, that <laughs> child free can hit mainstream or mainstream adjacent where people will go, oh, yeah, like they'll think about it for a second instead of yeah. this, this is not this is one of the few ways that I've seen so far where it's not pitted once one against the other. Yeah. Well, and this is a very right? one on this, a uh, very personal one on one experience. Yes. Like, again, this person is a parent and they have, I, I haven't read the article, but I'm assuming they have close friends that are child free mm -hmm. and they appreciate that friendship. And so, yeah, I, I can see where that makes sense for the article. And like you're saying, kind of to, to like slide into the mainstream media as like, you know, not all like, child-free people, you know, are this way or that way. Right. Cause the um, child-free, child-free wedding articles always are, and they're not even about child-free people. It just have to be like a child-free event. Exactly. Yeah. Very different than yeah. actually child-free. And that, that already taints the word, right? So this mm -hmm. is a way of having an open conversation that I think more people that more people can um, relate to than they realize. Yeah. Um, it goes on to say, uh, for more than 20 years, Jess and Candace have been by my side. I met Jess in high school. Then Candace joined our group in college. Together, the three of us w uh, weathered crappy jobs, bad relationships, and utter, utter brokenness. Uh, we went to too many music festivals and took a lot of girls' trips and celebrated big life milestones, even in in between those moments, we simply enjoyed each other's company on quiet summer evenings uh, in the yard after work. There were many people. Uh, there they, were there were my people. There we go. Learn to read, Cody. Uh, there were my people. A place to crash, a chaperone, the one to call if your car wouldn't start or your heart was broken. We've always been able to count on each other. And let's see. And why? And and what was wrong with change? Like why change that? That was my. That was what I was trying to say. That sounds yeah. amazing. Anyway, yeah. okay, I'm not even getting that. Well, I, I mean, not I, everyone I, I, doesn't. Not everyone wants to be child free, and that's fine. Yeah, Jen's well, getting yelling at me for saying that now. 
it's a choice and we we accept choices as a child-free person Mm -hmm. um so let's see each version of them loves each version of me and as much as we've changed we've stayed the same when we're all together uh in growing up we've each found stability and happiness but i was the only one who chose to become a mom oh that's interesting okay Uh, yeah when my son was just a few weeks old i joined a mom group for support i was in the throes of postpartum depression and looking for some kind of hope in the community. I remember later that day texting with Jess and Candace, I described the different mom archetypes I met and speculated which one I was going to become. These are the archetypes. A homeschool mom, a crunchy mom, not don't know what that is. A mom who's always like very holistic, organic. Uh, A mom who's always in fitness clothes on the way to or from workout class at the Y and then it goes on so forth, so on. Um, they listened as I predicted my future self, but this was a transition I had to navigate alone. And for me, that was the scariest time because by accepting my place in the world of parenting, it felt like I was leaving behind the rest of my identity. I was losing my sense of self. And that's something I'm Mm. off the article now. That's something that a lot of of child-free people do contemplate when they're deciding to lead a child-free lifestyle. And it unfortunately is given the term of being selfish and it's like, well, right. I mean, but you know, do, do you want to turn everything that you have um, worked for or want to work for uh, up in the air, or turn it over you know, and, and just completely veer off the path for some people? Yeah. No problem doing that um, for others. They, they don't want to. And I don't think it's fair to call someone selfish because they have a goal or an idea or a dream and they want to follow that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, that's the thing. Like, this is, I'm trying to think if I ever had a conversation with, like, this is around high school, college days. I, I'm, well, college, I was with, I went to college with people, of course, of all ages, right? So then some were parents, some weren't. Um, but high school, I'm, I'm just trying to think, like, the general conversation was, yeah, when we have kids one day, but probably due to our age and we weren't thinking, you don't, you don't think super in depth. You're just like, I'm going to do this, 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 and not think uh-huh. anything beyond that. Um, there was never a discussion of, so what if only two of us have kids? Like it was just this automatic assumption that, you know, our kids would uh, grow up together or that we'd be in each other's lives, even if one didn't have kids. And, and I knew I didn't want to have children, but it was never like, a conversation I had in depth with my friends at that point. Cause they all wanted to be moms or dads. So uh, eventually, but my point is, is you never, that conversation never got to the point of, so how are we going to navigate that? Because you know, you don't really, when you're 17, you don't really have that conversation. Yeah. Um, but even twenties, thirties, now forties for me anyway, it's like, I mean, that I think about more, but you don't talk about it because the minute one of your friends or acquaintances announces they're pregnant and you've you've either had plans together or you've hung out in the past, you can't really jump into, so how are we going to navigate this now? Mm-hmm. It's not it's not like a, a relationship, like a life partnership or something or a dating relationship where there's some major changes happening, like, you know, relocation or whatever. It's like, okay, so what are we going to do? We don't really friendship in general, even if one friend is moving somewhere else, we don't, I don't think we have those conversations. Like, okay, so 
how do we do this? Because it's it's almost like a friend is lower rung. And maybe that, maybe, I guess that's standard. I don't know. I mean, uh, uh, you know, every, in, in my opinion, every four to five years, your life's going to change in some form or fashion. Mm -hmm. And people totally. are going to move in and out of your life. So mm -hmm. that's something that when you're younger, yeah, you just don't ever think that you think you're always going to live in the same town or near your friends or whatever, and you'll be able to see them whenever you want. And that kind of thing. You, you, you never think that one day you're going to end up moving to, you know, whatever, Ohio to be an accountant, like whatever, just making up random job and location. That sounds you like fun. You, okay. <laughs> well, I mean, you, you still plan on those kinds of things, really. I'm it's thinking more Ohio, but okay, sure. <laughs> well, like where, as a Canadian, where is Ohio? Okay. It's not California. I know that. It's not New York. Um, it's not California. It's not Florida. Those are okay. Like, okay. <laughs> all right. Got it's, it. It's, all it's right. in between all those. Okay. Um, but anyway, let's uh, scroll on this a little bit. We kind of see what she's going with. Let's see what the, okay. Here's the oh, that's end it. Of the okay. Article. Yeah. Um, so let's see. Uh, it says my relationship with Jess and Candace reminds me of that moment in the movie Finding Nemo when Dory is begging Marlin not to leave. And she says, because when I look at you, I can feel it. And I look at you and I'm home. It's pretty easy to forget who you are in the ocean of motherhood, but it helps to have people in your life who can be your anchor. I probably skipped so, over some stuff in this article, but feel free to go check out uh, what to expect.com. So thank you, child free sister, for sending this to us, by the yeah. way. Um, okay. The anchor thing is okay. So uh, I, I've been spending too much time on the internet because I can hear like <laughs> the trolls yelling, invisible trolls. Like I, I can, I can totally tell what they would, how they would comment to something like this because they would, there would be those that would, would look at, What's her name? The, the author of this article? I oh, was it Nina. I think it was Nina. Okay. So the one with the child Nina, is like, yes. oh, you're progressing. You're moving forward. Good for you. And then they would label the, the one, the friends without kids as the anchor, as the ones that are holding you back. They're reminding mm. you of a time you can never get back. They're reminding you of a person that you will never be again. They're reminding you of your past. Let them go. Move on. They're not going to support you. Blah, 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 blah. You have evolved. They have not. Exactly. Yeah. Now, yeah, yeah. And, and that... I mean, and this is this is the ongoing, I don't want to say battle, but this is the ongoing challenge of getting society to understand or pronatalists to understand that, again, everyone's making their choices in life, right? And one is viewed as better because people understand it and that's the nature of things and that's, you know, the one where you're procreating. But the people that are choosing not to have children, child for people, are... I mean, anchor is, it's, it's, I get the, her reasoning for using that word, but it's not to be seen as someone that's keeping you from going somewhere. So oh, okay. yeah, the I issue I have with that word anchor, because, mm -hmm. and, and, and it is challenging because I've, it's very few that I can even think in my own personal life where I obviously don't have kids and my friends who have children, you know, we're, we're, we keep in touch, but it's very rare. I have really developed a a, a, um, a network of good child-free friends. And honestly, those are my go-tos now. And just because, I mean, I understand that, that there's a compatibility that's really, really evident. 
And and I'm like, wow, I, I resonate with that a lot more. But that's that's not to say that you can't you, you can't live your life and navigate life where your your best friends are parents and you're not. I just don't like it. The assumption of like or even the implication of like, well, they're going to hold you back or they're, they're going to anchor just mm-hmm. everything that anchor represents. But I do like this article because it's positive. And again, it's a way of, of making, of showcasing and highlighting the benefit of child-free friendship, maintaining your child-free friendships. And again, that conversation we had with, with Teresa and even with Des at this year's convention, you know, it's, we need to see more, more stories like this, mm-hmm. how you can coexist and why it's important. And also it is, it is fun being aunt to your friend's kids because they're always excited yeah. to see you if they're good kids and you want to see them, you know, I mean, it's just, yeah. Well, and there's something to be said in that too. Like this person's friends, they, they uh, to some degree, I don't, again, we didn't read the whole article, but I would imagine they enjoy being around her kids and, mm-hmm. and playing with them or whatever it might be. Um, and to be fair, there are child-free people who want nothing to do with children at any level. They're like, see it at 20 or 21 when yeah. you can drink, depending on where you live and what part yeah. of the world. But it's like, you know, see when you're an adult, basically, uh, yeah. I'll talk to you then. Well, yeah. And that's the other thing too. I mean, of course, like you said, you know, your life changes every five years and, mm-hmm. and your social circle can change. And there is, you know, even if you're go, cause I'm, I'm experiencing this where I'm in a phase where my best friend from high school, we don't, we don't, we haven't kept in touch since the pandemic. Like it's been, I, I, we haven't talked just, she's got two kids. She's constantly taxi mom and you know, all that stuff. And I imagine like five, six years down the road, we'll, we'll reconnect have a great time, catch up. How's your life been the last few, you know, decade, mm-hmm. whatever, because she will potentially have some more freedom just to talk one-on-one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. So yeah, it's, but it is tricky. And as the years progress, I imagine there's going to be more dialogue and more, um, I don't want to say support, but they're, they're definitely, uh, well, that, how, that could be part the, of it. The like how the, to navigate friendships. There's got. There's going to be more more resources. I'm going to say, yeah. on on how to navigate that for both parties. Yeah, because and as well, more child free people are like are going to exist, you know, like it's going to be. It's going. I I think it's going to be more of a topic going forward. Honestly, I think so, and I think that it, it more articles like this or similar articles will maybe be more prevalent in the future when more people are empty nesters. And they are, like you just said, like maybe they're able to reach out to their old, you know, elementary school, high school, Mm -hmm. college friends and just, you know, play catch up because it's maybe it's a misnomer. But the way that some child for people look at parenting is that you put your life on pause. Right. Raise a kid. Your identity, it does. It kind of melds away. Mm -hmm. Um, And so when the kid moves out, you're empty nester. You're like, okay, now who am I? (laughs) <laughs> what what yeah. do I like doing now that I have like time back to myself yeah. or whatever it may be and maybe reconnecting with your old friends is a way to, to maybe um, remember some things that you enjoy doing. Yeah. Or if you're, you know, there were your friends back then, maybe they have a certain hobby or something that they enjoy doing and they can introduce you to it, hiking or whatever, skydiving, whatever it is they're doing, knitting, who cares? Yeah. And you might be like, yeah, you might enjoy that too. And so it's just another way to like tap into your child-free network. Mm-hmm. And, you know, again, like this person's kind of saying, again, not the anchor term, but to tie back into who you were 
before yep. the kid because yeah. it's important. You know, it's it's funny, again, bringing up empty nesters. And there's two things. One, I saw a comment on Instagram the other day who who said, she, like, she's now an empty nester and her friends who have younger kids are mad at her. Because she has all this free time because she's raised her children and they're pissed off because she's off doing all these things because their kids are much younger and they're raising kids. And also my brother, who's 37, has a soon to be 18 year old and a 13 year old and all of his friends like long, uh, uh, long. I can't even think of the word now. I want to say long term friends, friends he's had for years since Mm -hmm. grade school. Sure. They're they're just. You know, their children are young. My brother mm-hmm. became a dad at 19. So he's kind of, you know, he he's more independent with, than what they are. And he said that once his friend started to have kids, he already had teenagers. So <laughs> he's like, I need child-free friends. Like, I need people who don't have kids because I can't hang out with my friends anymore because they're just starting to have kids. And he was the one, with, you know, with the, with the really young children being young himself. So he's... He's not because he has his boys full time. So he's not an empty nester, but his kids are so much older yeah. than his friend's kids. And so he's like, it's like you can't win, <laughs> you know, and and I see this more in, in females than I do in, in with males. But, you know, they all want to have their kids at the same time. I think it's mm-hmm. almost like a safety net or security blanket so then you know that you're gonna main like be in your circle like you're gonna well, it's have the like same your pod. circle it's your yeah it's your little exactly pod. Like, yeah yeah you can go through the exactly. same ups and downs together and the questionings and all that kind of so stuff, that makes yeah. me think let's all like choose to be child free together and remain together for, like, <laughs> i don't know i mean it doesn't work it's not the same thing <laughs> but um yeah it's it's just it's it's interesting but you know what it's this is this is good, and, and I hope that articles like this give people hope. So, because I I know that disappointed feeling when you find out that someone close to you that you spend time with is either having their first kid, even though you knew, like, cause I, I'm going to be going through this again. I can just see it in the next five years. One of my other good friends who wants children mm-hmm. plans on having them, and she's five years younger than I am, and I've known her since she was like I've known her since she was born, mm-hmm. and I I've always known she wanted to be a mom. But she's, you know, mid thirties now, and it's just like, yeah, wh- I, for me, I'm like, yeah, whatever. But I'm just kind of mentally preparing myself for the day she tells me that she's, yeah, expecting, and you know, I'll be supportive because she's like my little sister. But you know, still, you're like, oh, and wh- it's not like we see each other. Like we're we're li- she lives in you know three hours away from me, and we we text a lot, but it's not like we see each other. But even mm-hmm. still, knowing that okay, it's a new era. And I'd be happy, but I would still feel that, oh, you are going to have kids. Okay, fine. Mm. I'll accept it. <laughs> you know? Yeah. yeah. Because it's, 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 it really isn't easy, especially when you know that you're not having kids and you, you've been through those changes in friendship. You know, again, yeah. I don't know what it's like for a guy, honestly. I mean, like, I, I don't I, know. I've got, you know, one of my oldest friends, uh, like, we're going to go to a football game together. Like, one of his mm-hmm. kids likes uh, uh, the Ravens. I'm a Jags fan. The Baltimore Ravens are playing in Jacksonville. So we're literally going to meet up at the game and like hang out. He's going to bring his kid. Uh, my wife and I are going to go. My brother's going to go. He's going to bring uh, my niece. So it's like, all right. I mean, yeah, it's just, it's just kind of is what it is. But I answer. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> but, we're all going to go watch sports. We're, we're going to watch sports, sports, sport ball. Here we go. <laughs> Drink beer. Um, but yeah, for guys. Did I just stereotype men? I'm sorry. A little bit. It's okay. <laughs> sorry. I, I mean, 
it, it is interesting. And the, 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 the dynamics are, they are different for everyone. And mm-hmm. that's, that's the thing. It's like, you know, it, unless articles like this come out and hit the, the touchstones that people are like, okay, I can see that. I can identify with that. I can see that. Um, it, it, we need more stuff like this. So kudos yeah, for to them sure. for putting this out. Um, the next article is a little out there, but stay with me. Oh. Um, so <laughs> asteroid <laughs> oh, that yeah, passes. Okay. No asteroid that passes nearby could hit Earth in the future. <laughs> NASA says um, there is a one in twenty seven hundred chance that Bennu asteroid could hit Earth by twenty one eighty two. Oh, well, wait, is, wait, wait. We won't be here. Okay. As in, like literally us, but. I was just going to pull out my calculator. People, how old will I be? <laughs> so everyone who's been hanging on to uh, Child Free Media for the, the last, uh, what, 160 some odd years. Um, sorry, the asteroid's coming for you. Uh, so I will be impressed if this has been... That's 159 years from now. I mean, think, things are going to happen. I, I hope that we're still not having this conversation. And I hope, well, that, w- that would be cool if people could view this. Like, And I I kind of want to still be alive then, but that's, how old well, am I'm I sure that I'm about to be the, 41. The, the, I'd the, be 200 the, years old, man. The people on Mars will be listening to Elon Musk's head uh, and he'll tell them what to think. But um, Oh, come on. There's been way better people to uh our our archive than him but okay whatever but i saw this i saw this article now and i just thought of the take of because people are always like oh you know the environment or like your lineage Mm. and blah 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 and it's almost like well look literally an asteroid could just wipe everything out um so i think i'm gonna use that comment the next time someone says that i'll be like hey asteroids burning everybody up don't worry about legacy okay Let's uh, let's get into it a little bit. Uh, it says an asteroid NASA has been tracking for nearly 25 years. That's the thing. Like we've only been tracking this thing for 25 years. Like who knows what else is out there? Uh, could impact Earth in 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 the future? Uh, a new report reveals uh, discovered in 1999. Uh, Bnu, it's B E N N U. If you want to look that up, uh, the near Earth asteroid could possibly drift into our planet's orbit and could hit the planet by September 2182. Uh, according to a science team, it passes Earth nearly every six years and has hmm. uh, had three close encounters with Earth in 99, 2005, and 2011. There is a one in 2,700 chance, or th- basically 3.7%. Is that no, that's less than is that a point? Yeah, so it's three, uh, like almost four percent of one percent, so it's a super tiny oh lord, like, okay, chance okay. like it's uh, yeah, it's super small, but I mean, again, it's asteroids. So. All right, um, well, uh, do you have your life insurance policy in order? <laughs> <laughs> my, my cryogenically frozen yeah. body, um, all the child free people in our, our cryo farm will all exactly thaw out in time. But um, what good is oh, wait, I shouldn't say that because then I'm proving Elon Musk's point. What's good is. What what good is that if we're not going to procreate? Or we could just enjoy... Th- well, no, I... Forget it. There'd be no Wi-Fi left. Um, <laughs> there's, a- you know AI there's will save I, us. There's nothing I can say to save myself <laughs> like, here because I, I don't like any scenario. Just let me go. This is AI's problem. Yeah. Nothing figured out. Um, anyway, okay. basically, uh, let's see that. Binu, if it hit Earth, would release uh, 12... 
1,500 megatons of energy, which is 24 times the energy of the most man, the most man-made nuclear weapon. Okay, whatever that means. Wow. The asteroid that killed the dinosaurs was as powerful as 10 billion atomic bombs. So, okay. Um, That's a lot. All right. Experts found evidence in massive chunks of rock. The asteroid was strong enough to trigger wildfire, tsunamis, and blasts of dust in the atmosphere, block out the sun. And that's basically it. But I just, just seeing this, it it kind of, like those bingos, it's like, well, what about your lineage? It's like, well, what about the asteroid? Like, who, This really who makes you want to wake up in the morning, you know? I mean, geez. <laughs> but I mean, yeah, it... it whatever i'm sure some people will be like the the the, the quote-unquote child-free movement is because of a future asteroid coming people say why bother well, um, but, anyway but this this actually goes along the nut line of of antinatalism which again there's a difference between child-free and antinatalism we are not one in the same yeah okay there are going to be antinatalists who are child-free because it makes sense to them but not all child-free people are antinatalists you know i'm pro-choice i am not going to get mad if you have a child um but honestly like i can't i personally can't overthink the asteroid or all the potential disasters that are going to happen because it's not how i want to live my life um but i but i do know that i mean there that there are reasons like that which is why people like that's the reasoning for being child free so it's, it makes me wonder if there was no chance of an asteroid hitting or anything like life was well, I don't know. No one's I mean, ever eventually lived the, the the sun will eventually expand and like absorb the earth. Like that's like so far in the future, right. but I, I mean, earth will not be here forever. <laughs> so. I always and now of course I know this is completely false what I'm gonna see say next, but I'm like when it comes to climate change stuff, I'm like, I'm in Canada. Look, if I get one less snowfall, I'll be freaking happy about it because I live on the prairies. Our leaves are going and it's going to snow tomorrow, probably. So like, there's a, there, there's a term for the that. Sun. I, bring on the I, sun. I can't remember what it was. Ronnie Dam, if you're out there, she she's like a climate change expert. Yeah. Uh, there's a term for that. They're like back in like the 90s when people are like, man, it's cold. Bring on global warming. Like they're like, you know, it's kind of like. A, the term is called a, Canadian. A <laughs> <laughs> the, the Canadians are like, bring on global warming. Um, yeah. All right. Uh, uh, next article. <laughs> so. This is biospace.com. How to support working parents without alienating child-free staff. They use a hyphen Ooh. in child-free, but we'll probably accept it for what they may say here. Because I can be... plug the LinkedIn child-free professionals group with this, even though we're not Again. super active. It does exist. All right. This is by Rosemary Scott. Um, let's see. I'll let you read this article if you want to. Okay. So, oh, I guess I should I'll, make this I'll, bigger I'll so I can in. actually Let read it. I'm not wearing my glasses. Can I zoom in? Wow. Okay. That's good. All That's right. good. All right. Support for parents in the workplace is a hotly debated topic in, in the U.S., especially as American women are having fewer children and waiting longer than previous generations to start having them. This update, uptick in child-free workers is only exacerbated by the COVID-19 pandemic. The what? Uh, sorry. <laughs> According to the 2021 survey by survey by CNBC, about one quarter of older millennials said the pandemic caused them to wait longer to have children, and 19% said it made them decide not to have children at all. Yay! Sorry, I shouldn't be biased, <laughs> but it's good that they thought about it. For the for the life sciences industry, a diversity and inclusion survey, Biospace, conducted in March of 2022, showed there are almost an even 
there was an all there was almost an even split between parents and child-free staff. Of the respondents, 53.7% said they have child care responsibilities, while 46.2% did not. For those who were already parents going into the pandemic, many companies granted additional benefits like extra time off or flexible work hours to care for children at home. In response, many child-free employees, including those at Facebook, Twitter, and Salesforce, told their employers that they feel these additional benefits favor parents and force child-free workers to pick up the slack. One for all, not all for one. As the number of Americans who plan never to have kids grows, employers will be forced to figure out how to support parents at work without alienating their child-free staff, as they should. Barbara Palmer is the founder of Board per- Broad Perspective Consulting and your fourth trimester program, which helps parents transition back into the workplace after having a child. She told Biospace that it's time for companies to look beyond the traditional work approach to support working parents. For life science companies, she said, this is especially important as they focus on improving health and should lead by example. It is incumbent for life science comp- life sciences companies to go beyond standard wellness, mental health, and traditional benefits to walk the talk, Palmer said. While this support often includes measures like additional PTO, so paid time off. Yeah, personal, uh, yeah for, per, paid time personal, off, yeah. Okay, for parents, or I, you can tell I don't have very, many employee jobs. I don't know <laughs> what some of these terms are. For parents or on-site, or, uh, on-site child care services, Palmer said... There are ways to support parents without favoring them. I like that. Ways to support parents without favoring them. By extending certain perks to the rest of the staff. For example, companies could offer a wellness stipend, which give which parents could use to supplement their child care costs, but also could be used for other services like gym memberships, ergonomic office equipment, or meal delivery. <laughs> Pausing for a second, I can already <laughs> see that being used by parents for those. <laughs> yeah, 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 that's true. You know? Like, I feel like some parent would ruin that for everybody else. Anyway, because they'll be like, well, it's not enough for me to have that and childcare, because I want that and childcare. Anyway, sorry, parents. Um, I, another option is a professional development stipend, Palmer says, which could be used for attending conferences, continuing education, or coaching for parents on how to transition back into the workplace. Parents, or I mean, this, this on that, like, um, you know, giving like stipends to do things. Yeah. If you gave a stipend to your staff and said, okay, this can go to like whatever extra child care costs or gym mm-hmm. memberships or like personal development and attending conferences and continuing education, like that would really like benefit the child for people because they mm-hmm. probably could go to the conferences yeah. and continue education a little bit easier than the yeah. parents. So, I mean, yeah, it's not, yeah. not a bad idea. Look, I mean, if, if someone who has a child and, you know, is going back into the workplace or, or whatever, and they want to main, they want to remain in the child in the workplace, I have no problem with them um, given perks or, or them being in an environment where they feel happy to be at work knowing that they can provide the care for their child and they can still like their entire paycheck or whatever is not going towards that. But again, there does need to be equal support so that those of us who don't have kids who are in the workplace Mm -hmm. and want to invest in ourselves as well, because I see people having kids as they're investing in their future that way. We invest in our future in other ways. So 
Absolutely. Like, cause, cause anything less than that, where the parent is getting some sort of benefit because they have kids, even if people are, aren't, even, even if that's not the intention, it's still showing that they are preferred over anybody else. And that's not fair. You know? Yeah. Well, um, and, and like, this is like, again, going back to the article about like the allyship between parents and child-free people, this is a, an instance where child-free people can ride the coattails of parents. It's like, you know what? Um, we as child-free people should support companies to give, you know, uh, these type of time offs or stipends or whatever for parents, because that opens the door for us to say, and we mm -hmm. want something to equal that as well. Otherwise exactly. that is a form of discrimination. It's like, so, exactly. it, you know, to be able to, to receive additional funds from a company, um, is very hard to negotiate and navigate. So if it's mm -hmm. done under the umbrella of, um, it's better for the children and humanity and society, whatever, great. And then we'll take our piece of the pie too. <laughs> so. Look, and, and if it's gonna if it's gonna create an environment where your employees are staying, like they're they're staying, they're happy, mm -hmm. they're productive, like there there should be an incentive. Mm -hmm. Maybe that's m me being naive to think that way, but you know, uh, yeah, yeah. I just get went to the end of the article here to highlight okay. this part. That's the highlight. Okay. Um, yeah. McCain and Palmer agreed that supporting parents in the workplace doesn't have to be polarizing. And Palmer emphasized that supporting the health of employees, especially those in the life sciences, is essential. Allowing employees the autonomy to use benefits, stipends, and time to support what is important to them as, indiv as an individual reinforces the very purpose of life sciences companies, Palmer said. Prioritizing holi the holistic health of employees supports their mission and demonstrates that they are living their values. Absolutely. I mean, so, yeah. Yeah. Um, that's another good one. I'm really glad to see no wedding articles, right? Unless they're like way down. Uh, no, no. For, I, but, but, I, I didn't put in any wedding or any dink articles into this. So they good, were out there and I didn't, yeah. I didn't put them in here on purpose. But we are, um, we are approaching the hour mark. So are. is there, um, oh gosh. Is there a really short um, one? What's this one? Boy buys no. puffer jet. Oh, <laughs> no, no, no. Let's see. Hold on. There's, uh, there's so many of them. If you're if you're able to read the topics in the video, let's see. There was oh. one that was short. Um, okay. If I can find I'm not it. Seeing oh, um, oh. we've seen those already. Oh, let the night. Okay. <laughs> I just want this to okay, so this is from MSN.com. Let the nightmare in Japan be a warning to childless millennials. I can see where they're going with this one, Michael Deacon. <laughs> What's two months ago? Did we did we get this one already? Like maybe this I, is doesn't like a rehash. Sound familiar. I doesn't sound familiar. It doesn't sound familiar. I don't recognize this at all. Okay. Uh, we've talked about uh, this topic before, so we'll kind of breeze through it. Uh, it says, according to an alarming new poll, only 55% of people aged 18 to 34 in Britain say they ever want to start a family. Again, okay. that means have kids in this article, not start a family. Family is different, whatever. Yes. All right. Uh, okay, Michael Deacon. I hope you're Michael. listening. Michael. <laughs> <laughs> you're welcome to come on our show anytime. Yeah, open invitation. Exactly. Uh, those who said they never want children gave various reasons, including anxieties about money and the impact on the environment. That's where it's coming. Who cares? Uh, but most common reasons they gave were as follows. Apparently, they want, quote, more time to focus on myself. Oh, no. That's oh. such a problem. Okay. 
How dare they? Uh, well, if they can manage to focus elsewhere for just a brief moment, they might want to read the latest news from Japan. Michael, this is so condescending. I don't want to know if I want to read anymore, but okay. Figures show that last year the country's population plummeted by almost a million. And it's all because so many young people aren't having children. Uh, in 2022, Japan saw a mere 70, 771,000 births uh, the time uh, the first time the number has fallen below 800,000 since records began all the way back in 1899. The, let's see, the shortage of children spells doom both for Japan's economy and for its public services. Uh, um, the, the prime minister is extremely worried about, quote, our nation. He declared recently uh, our nation is on the cusp of whether it can maintain its societal functions. Well, rethink um, those societal functions. I mean, th and that's that's kind of what I'm going to jump to here, because yeah, I mean, again, like the some of the articles that we've done in, in the past talk about how how hard it is, uh, not just in Japan but all over the place, to have a child and make a living. You know, we keep hearing, you know, the the uh, whatever the the atomic family structure is is falling by the wayside and blah blah blah. Well, I mean no one can have a, a single family income and like to have a bunch of kids. Like that's not, unless you're super well off, but even then most of those people are paycheck to paycheck too, because the expenses still keep piling up. So it's like, you know, you know, whatever the, the Japan, like if, if you're having this problem, we'll look at what, what can you do to encourage people to not have to work so hard to literally barely make right. ends meet. Like so I'm, I'm laughing because there's a paragraph that I was reading and oh. it just, I thought that maybe this article is a joke just be, but it's, I don't, I don't think it is just because of the paragraph that follows, but there's that middle one talking about aging detectives. And there's a line that says their crime dramas must feature the world's slowest car chases, <laughs> except writing about. Elderly sleuths, he writes about elderly crime ring. I don't. Oh, wait. Oh, here we go. It's a, I don't here, really here's, know. Here's a paragraph. Um, it's not just oh, politicians okay. who are panicking about Japan's low birth rate, though. Even as criminals face a bleak future. <laughs> there we go. That's why. Did the okay. onion write this? The onion's a that's satire. That's, um, yeah, that's what I was wondering. So, like the country's business, its gangs are struggling to recruit fresh young talent. <laughs> I never thought about that. As a result, there are now said to be more Japanese gangsters in their 70s than in their <laughs> 20s. In theory, this should at least make them easier to catch. Okay. There we go. Okay, so now I can read that paragraph makes more sense. So unfortunately, okay. however, Japan's detectives... <laughs> I can't read this anymore. Japan's detectives are aging too. Yeah, okay. Their crime dramas must feature the world's slowest guard chases. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god okay uh well hey um but but that still feeds into it's too expensive to live so people gotta go to crime well i mean uh, it plays in, it plays into the whole like you know we we need more people to sustain society who's going to take care of the elderly people if we right. don't have young people blah 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 right i mean but again like we're not looking at what the problem is now they're wanting to be like well this is the problem of the future coming mm -hmm. our way it's like but we have problems now like this is all happening yeah. for a reason, um, you know, whether it's climate change or just someone not wanting to have kids or literally someone not being able to afford kids. And so they 
choose not to have kids for that reason. So I, I mean, at least we have an end goal, twenty-one eighty-two ish. Like you know, we're all <laughs> we're just gonna slowly weed out humanity and and not. I don't mean we as in child-free people, but humanity's just gonna slowly weed itself out, and you know, that that that'll just save a lot of well. I was gonna say funeral costs in twenty one eighty two, but it's gonna wipe everybody out, so it doesn't matter. Um, cremation for everyone. Here we go. <laughs> I don't want right. to be cremated. Well, I'll be. I'll be if I'm alive. I'll be two hundred years old at the time of that happening. So, I, it can happen. It can I wonder happen. what color wig I'll have then. Um. <laughs> all right. Well, I think that's a good note. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll end on we'll end on that one. Um, oh my god, so, that's funny. Okay, Lenora, how can people find us? Well, if this is 2182, don't bother. But and until <laughs> then, uh, you can, if you have any comments, concerns about this show, or just general inquiries, you can email us at childfreemedia at gmail.com. You can also check out our website, childfreemedia.com, and subscribe to our usually weekly newsletter, which you will get uh, the latest episodes of Child Free Podcasts and our lovely network, not just on the Child Free Media Network, but on uh, and other platforms as well. We are all over social media. For the most part, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Child Free Media. And of course, uh, if you are watching this right now, you can find us in podcast form. If you're already listening to us on podcast form, thank you. And if you're on Spotify or Apple, please uh, leave us a five star review. And if you have a chance to comment, just say how much you or love whatever all platform. of yeah. whatever platform. But I think <laughs> yeah. Spotify and Apple, I, I know, give the ratings the most. So those are options for you. All right. And if you are a child-free content creator and you want to be uh, promoted for free in our newsletter, just let us know when you put out new episodes and we will be happy to promote you. Mm -hmm. And you thank love. you to our lovely live chat audience for entertaining yes. us as well. <laughs> so with that being said, thank you everyone. That will conclude this uh, episode of Twick. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. We hope you enjoyed this episode presented by Child Free Media Limited. To stay current with child-free content like this, please visit childfreemedia.com and subscribe to the newsletter.